Yeah, I love my stool. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys as well. Nice to see visitors here and faces I don't know. My name's Toby, and uh, I'm slightly out of breath, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't normally baptise people and speak, but because um, I did what Karis was getting baptised, I couldn't uh, miss the opportunity. So anyway, <sighs> I'm just going to breathe for a second. Genuinely, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Oh dear, my fitness levels are not what they were. Anyway, oh, let me ask you a question. Anyway, you can I'll pause after that for a second and you can just, con- you don't have to shout out or anything like that, don't worry, but just consider. I wonder if I asked um, if you're feeling hopeful today, how you'd answer that question. Are you feeling hopeful? Full of hope. Well, I don't know how, maybe how you define hope, but let me define it for you. Uh, this isn't my definition. This is the first Google result that came out. Uh, said, um, hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in your life or the world at large. So hope is an optimistic state of mind that's based on the expectation of good outcomes of something, whether in your own life or when you look around the world and you see what's going on in the world today. That's what hope is. So do you feel hopeful? You know, we say this, don't we? We hope for the best. Um, You know, we say it to you, hope for the best. And hope is essential to a healthy life, actually. And... um, The American Psychological Association say this in one of their articles on it, hope is associated with many positive outcomes, including greater happiness, better academic achievements. So if you're in the middle of your exams right now, you need a bit of hope that will help you. And even lowered risk of death. And it goes on in this article to speak much more about the benefits of hope. It seems to be absolutely essential to being a human being and to having a healthy life as well. It's good to have it and there's the desire also to give it away to others, isn't there? To infuse hope into other people. I've told the story before that when I got my, I was driving up the road just near here one morning uh, after dropping someone off somewhere and um, and and one of my tyres blew out. And that's not a great moment on the side of the road, kind of the tyres down and uh, the the, uh, help people what they called mechanics, that's right, they arrived to sort out what I couldn't, and um, I'm standing on the side of the road, and the guy walks past with a dog and sort of looks at me, and then I'm still there on his way back, and he just looked at me, and he said, oh, the day can only get better. And I thought, great, you're encouraging me, but being me, I overthink things sometimes, I thought, well, how does he know that? It's a fair question though, isn't it? On what basis was he saying my day would get better? He's trying to infuse hope in me. That's what we do with one another. But what's it based on? What's the foundation of it? How did he know? We use the phrase sometimes, don't we, pinning our hopes. When you pin your hopes on something, and I've got a big pin here that I stole from my wife's needle thing, so I didn't tell you uh, (laughs) either. Um, Big pin, the biggest pin I could find. And I wonder if you were going to write on here, I hope, and then you're going to pin it somewhere, What are you hoping for and where or in whom do you pin your hopes? 
Where do you ultimately place them? Because all of us do this. All of us pin our hopes, a confident expectation for a better future, for good outcomes on somewhere or someone. We all do it. And yet sometimes what we pin our hopes on, they don't seem to stay. Sometimes it might be our health or money, our finances or technology. And and that's true of the humanist manifestos that come out every now and again. They pin their hope on technology is going to be the saviour for humanity ultimately. Maybe it's on a doctor, maybe it's on a job, maybe it's on a relationship, whatever it might be. We all pin our hopes somewhere. But sometimes, well... (laughs) I guess we've all experienced this, where we've pinned our hopes somewhere or to someone and the pin's gone in, but the thing itself has maybe stayed put for a little while, but it's eventually crumbled. It just doesn't hold and it kind of falls apart and our hopes fall to the ground. We use that phrase, don't we? Our hopes get dashed. We get disappointed. And I would imagine that every single one of us in this room at some point in our lives have maybe had our hopes been disappointed. The thing that we pinned our hopes on hasn't quite held. It's fallen, it's crumbled. So all hope is rooted or pinned somewhere to deliver us out of a situation that we're in, to bring us into a better future, to right what is wrong. And sometimes when I think about the disciples, thinking about the stories of Jesus, on the day that Jesus was crucified, they pinned all their hopes on Jesus. They'd put all their eggs, as it were, in one basket. On Jesus, that he is the one. That this is, he said he's God. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. He made his outrageous claims. He did these incredible things and taught amazing things. And, and, and the way he was with people, the way he liberated people who are on the edge of society, the broken, the outcasts. And then he's crucified and he's dead on a cross. And they've pinned their hopes there. And as it were, their world's kind of crumbled. Well, I thought he was the one. I thought this was the one that we could pin our hopes on and he wouldn't let us down. And yet... On that Friday, let down, he's dead. Where are we going to pin our hopes now? But then when you read through the Bible, you get this letter that this guy Peter wrote. And Peter was one of Jesus' first disciples. And he writes to a people who have been uprooted, who are facing difficult circumstances. Things are hard for them. There's an uncertain future. And he says this to them in 1 Peter. He says, Praise be to God. Well, why praise God, first of all, if you're uprooted and if you're facing uncertain circumstances? Why praise God? Why thank God? Why even believe in God, in fact, when things are uncertain and difficult and tough and they're suffering? Why? Well, he goes on. He says, praise be to God because in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. Hope that is alive. Through what? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've been hearing it this morning, the reading that was said about the story of the resurrection, that Jesus didn't stay dead. It's a living hope the Christian has because it's in the living one. Not in external circumstances, not in the things of the world, not in technology and money and all these things, which is not necessarily bad or anything, but they just crumble. They don't actually deliver what they try to promise. Those things crumble. But Jesus said, if you pin your hopes on me, on an empty cross and an empty grave, that Christ is really risen, there is a living hope that you can go through life with. Now, I realize that that, um, that might raise questions for you. If you're not a Christian, I'd imagine you've got questions. Is there any evidence for that? I mean, it's a pretty big deal you're claiming, really, isn't it? I've not got time to go into all of that now, but I'm happy to sort of point you in a direction or chat with you afterwards. (laughs) 
Um, because I understand that. And, and do you know what I love about the Bible as well? It's very honest about the reactions of the disciples. They didn't believe it first time either. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus had to offer many convincing proofs. They needed convincing. So do you, maybe you need convincing. And look at the proof, look at the evidence and so on. But what does this living hope look like? Well, just briefly, it gives us hope in the face of personal failure. You've heard that this morning from the stories that have been told. We've all failed. We are flawed human beings. And, and, and the gospel, what Jesus has done, gives us hope in the face of our own personal failures, that it's not the end of the story, in his great mercy. It gives us hope in the face of death. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even if they die. Again, massive claim. But do you know the words that Jesus follows that with? He says, do you believe this? It's a good question, isn't it? Do you believe it? Do you trust in him? Have you put your trust in Jesus? Do you really believe that? Because that's where our living hope is founded. So it's hope in the face of personal failure, hope in the face of death, but also hope in the face of humanity's greatest injustices and evil. When we look around the world today in our present climate, where do we put our hope? It's not going so well, is it? Charles Dickens, he said, I hope that real love and truth are stronger in the end than any evil or misfortune in the world. I hope that real love and truth are stronger in the end. Well, again, when you look at Jesus, you see this one who is real love and the truth. And the one who said that you can stake everything on the fact whether I'm raised from the dead or not. Trust in me based on that. That's the living hope we have through the resurrection of Jesus. That's why we celebrate today. That's why Easter Sunday is wonderful. We celebrate all the time, of course. Every week we celebrate. Every Sunday morning we celebrate. But Easter just focuses again, particularly on the resurrection. And we celebrate as family together. There's a, a definition of Christian hope I came across just the other week. It says, it's the joyful expectation for the future based on true events in the past, which changes everything in the present. You hear that? It's a joyful expectation for the future based on true events in the past, Jesus' death, resurrection, which changes everything in the present. And again, you've had four people, very different people, very different stories, say, yeah, that happened to me. And there will be hundreds more around this room, thousands more in this city, hundreds of thousands more across this nation, millions, if not billions, or billions across the world would say the same thing. Romans 15, 13, let me just um, pray this over. It's actually before that, if you, want to, if you do want to explore, if you do want to ask questions, if you've got questions about this yourself, I would encourage you. We're giving away some little Luke's Gospels. I think Dan, that's Dan. Let's say hello to Dan. Dan, give, give a big thank you to Dan, in fact. He does so much behind the scenes, Sundays and everything. That man is amazing. Sorry, Dan, thought I'd embarrass you. you know. Anyway, Dan's going to be at the back, and um, there's some booklets there, um, some Luke's Gospels. I'd have, have a read of the story yourself. I mean, if you go online, you'll find everything said from, you know, and anyway, read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. And also, though, there's a little three-week um, course thing called Hope Explored. Really simple thing. Get together with a few people, watch a couple of videos, discuss some things, look at the Bible. And Dan is going to be at the back, and he can explain more about that to you and also when we might run it. We're flexible on when we run it um, at the moment, depending on who wants to do it. So Hope Explored, three weeks, chat to Dan, 
at the end. But I'm going to pray. And actually, shall the band come back up? 